0: and welcome to another episode of Scouting 5, recapping scouting news from around the world for the week of August 20th, 2018. And in this case, for the weeks prior, there too. I'm Scouter Ken, and today I'm recording from St. Albert, Alberta. And um, thanks, by the way, for continuing to subscribe to the podcast. I know we had a couple of weeks of radio silence recently, owing to the fact that I was away on a family vacation. Silences and gaps in a podcast's publishing schedule can have significant negative impacts on its subscribership, so thank you for sticking around. If you're a youth involved in scouting in and around Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and if you're between the ages of 15 and 17, and if first aid or a career in a medical field or as a first responder is of interest to you, why not consider joining the Northern Lights Medical Venturer Company, or as we affectionately know them, the MedVents. There'll be a link in this week's show notes for more details, but they are in the middle of a recruitment drive right now. On Saturday, August 11th, Cub Scouts from the Bean Station, Tennessee area joined together to say goodbye to a fellow Scout and friend. Cub Scouts, their leaders, and parents lined the road for Canon Griffin's funeral procession. As befits members of the scouting movement, all stood at attention and saluted as the family car, the hearse, and other procession members drove by. Canon Griffin was an arrow of light with Cub Scout Pac-740 in Bean Station. He passed away at just 10 years of age on August 7th of this year. Pac-740 has applied for the Spirit of the Eagle Award for Canon, which is a posthumous award to recognize the contributions of scouting members who lose their lives in untimely accidents. Eleven girls right arms bent and raised to their brows in a salute made history earlier this month. A small cohort taking part in a camp with some 200 boys at Camp Merriweather, Oregon's historic Boy Scouts camp earlier this month. The girls are organized into posts or proto-troops and spent last week firing arrows, kayaking and camping in the woods as part of a week-long summer camp at Camp Merriweather, which is a nationally recognized Boy Scout camp situated on the Oregon coast. Camp Merriweather is actually taking the lead. It's the only Scout camp in the Cascade Pacific Council at present to open its doors early to a handful of girls ages 11 to 15 in preparation for a full transition into a co-ed camp next summer. The Kingston Police Department teamed up with a troop of Boy Scouts and other community groups from around Kingston, North Carolina earlier this month to help prepare students for the new school year. The police, Boy Scouts from Troop 41, Police Explorers Unit 1033, and the Kingston Community Relations team hosted a back-to-school drive out of Fairfield Park in Kingston last Sunday. They encouraged community members to drop off school supplies to help students get prepared for class. Kingston Police Chief Alonzo Janes said they collected 12 cases full of supplies and about $213 were also donated at the event. A technicality is all that stands between Hari Shanagiri and the rank of Eagle Scout, but it would appear that the Boy Scouts of America is sticking to its rulebook. Shanagiri's application for the Eagle rank was denied because Eagle candidates must be Life Scouts for at least six months before their 18th birthday in order to achieve Scouting's highest rank. An honours graduate of his high school, Shangiri spent three months designing and building a 30-foot wooden pedestrian bridge over a stream in a park near his home. The stream had eroded the trail to the point where visitors couldn't get across without getting their feet wet. Appeals by his parents and Scarsdale Troop 4... Evidently, the troop he's a member of were denied, and a grassroots effort, including a Change.org petition with almost 700 signatures, did not sway the BSA's National Council. In a statement to the Journal News Tuesday evening, the BSA hailed Shanagiri's achievements but said he would not become an eagle. We greatly appreciate this young man's positive impact on his troop, our organization, and the community he serves through scouting, the statement said. But based on the BSA's established and extensive review process, this individual will not advance to Eagle Scout. Girl Scouts CEO Sylvia Acevedo said that the organization's new STEM badges are, quote, not at all a bid to stay relevant now that the Boy Scouts allows girls to join their programs. In July, the Girl Scouts of the USA announced 30 new badges that focus heavily on Science, Technology, Engineering, and Mathematics, or STEM. Girls 5 years old to 18 years old can earn badges while learning skills in subjects like cybersecurity, environmental advocacy, mechanical engineering, robotics, computer science, and space exploration. The Girl Scouts even partnered with enterprise security company Palo Alto Networks and defense contractor Raytheon to help develop some of the programming surrounding the badges. But Acevedo says the group gets much of its programming inspiration by listening to the Scouts. The Girl Scouts have announced a new cookie, a caramel chocolate chip cookie for 2019. As the name suggests, this new sweet treat is a chewy cookie with semi-sweet chocolate chips and caramel throughout. And it's gluten-free. The caramel chocolate chip isn't the only gluten-free option available to Girl Scout cookie fans, of course. The Girl Scouts introduced the Toffee-tastic cookie in 2015, and that launch was also a major success for the institution. However, This new cookie, this is the caramel chocolate chip again, uh, will only be sold in select markets. And what's more, only one of the two bakeries that supply Girl Scout cookies will be producing the new treats, which means that some states, Arizona being one example, simply won't have access to the caramel chocolate chip cookie for a while at any rate. The new cookies are exclusively produced by a company called ABC Bakers, but both of Arizona's Girl Scout councils get their cookies from Little Brownie Bakers. Scouting prepares youth for life. And unfortunately, in war-torn Afghanistan, preparedness for life includes being prepared to deal with landmines. Never once to shy away from a challenge, however, scouters in Kabul have found ways to include explosives awareness into the scouting program there. Scouting in Afghanistan, just for the record, began in 1931 and peaked during the 60s and 70s. Upwards of 36,000 male and female members were reported. The movement dwindled, however, as the country plunged into civil unrest and war, and under Taliban rule, scouting was banned entirely. Nowadays, outside of lessons about explosives, scouting in Afghanistan doesn't really differ that much from scouting elsewhere in the world. Afghan scouts still camp, sing songs, lead service projects, play games, learn leave-no-trace principles, and make crafts. Evidently, a favorite of their crafts is the paracord bracelet, always popular with my Cub Scouts as well. Scouts that meet at the base in Kabul have even kicked off a STEM program. Recently, a group of fathers and sons undertook the adventure of a lifetime and battled the elements to reach the icy summit of Mount Kilimanjaro. Mount Kilimanjaro, of course, is a dormant volcano in Tanzania at 16,100 feet. It is the highest mountain in Africa, standing 19,341 feet above sea level. Technically, anyone can climb it because it doesn't require ropes or grappling hooks to reach the summit, but all expeditions have to include trained guides. Although it is open to anyone with a permit, only 50% of climbs are successful. would be adventurers often underestimate the struggles with altitude, terrain, and weather, so for this entire intrepid group to make it was no mean feat. The group took five days to reach the summit. And although scaling Mount Kilimanjaro was the highlight of a two-week-long trip, it wasn't the only thing that these men and their fathers, these, uh, these were scouts, by the way, uh, hailing from Naperville, Illinois. Scaling Kilimanjaro was not the only ta- thing they did during their time in Africa. They also met with local scouts, accompanied tribesmen on a hunt, and went on safari. In Tanangir National Park, they saw elephants, giraffes, and wildebeests, and even traveled through the Serengeti to meet local tribesmen therein. A Melbourne, Florida area Boy Scout troop had their trailer full of equipment stolen last week. A troop leader showed up at Unity Church in Melbourne to pick up the trailer last Thursday before a scheduled outing, only to find the parking space empty, the trailer gone. Trailer contents included canopies, stoves, and cookware, games for the scouts to play, and ropes so they could practice rope tying. Quote, everything a Boy Scout troop needs for an outdoor adventure. End quote, according to troop leader Renee Waldrop. The trailer is a white 2000 Pace American brand trailer with decals on the side that say Boy Scouts of America Troop 285. The BSA logo is visible on both sides, and the trailer has a tag number of 334WZN. If you see it, please contact authorities. A Sea Scout ship previously existed in Kingston, New York, but that group folded some years ago. However, under the leadership of Bill Eggers, a Kingston native with a passion for sailing and a longtime volunteer with the Boy Scouts of America, a new Sea Scout ship, that's the term for a Sea Scout unit or troop, has been founded in the region. Like other scouting programs, Sea Scouts fosters leadership and education, with the Scouts themselves running the meeting, and earning badges for completing skills. The new ship is chartered by the Hudson River Maritime Museum which provides a meeting place to the organization and also gives them a place to dock their 26-foot sailboat. The museum also sponsored the previous Sea Scout ship in the Kingston area. And finally, with the 100th anniversary of Rover Scouts happening this year, the World Organization of the Scouting Movement is hosting its very first World Scout Film Festival as part of how it is recognizing this milestone. They are looking for films in three categories, short film, fiction, short film documentary, and social media video. They offer a few ideas on the Film Fest contest page. There'll be a link in the show notes, although videos can be just about any topic imaginable. The only fixed criteria is that there is a link to scouting in the story and that scouts are involved in the film's production. Now, the deadline for video submissions is August 31st, 2018, which isn't that far away. And I'm sorry I've been tardy in reporting on this. That said, I'm sure at least a couple of you listening to this might just be able to turn out a contest entry in the next week or so. Videos will be judged by an international jury that includes not only experts on scouting, but also two award-winning filmmakers. Well, that is all the news for this week, and last, and possibly some of the week before. Thank you again for listening, thank you for continuing to be a Scouting Stuff subscriber, and until next time, be prepared.